Testing, testing, one, two, three. Yes, man, back again, episode 002, The Vendetta Cast, with Digger Bruckshot. Um, we did one. It was okay. It was a bit subdued. But, you know, consistency is key. Um, so we're just going to keep it moving, man, and uh, keep moving through the gears with this. This is episode two. Um as I said, the Vendetta cast, we're back again, man. It's 9.30 p.m. I'm drinking a coffee for no reason, um, just to keep myself firing for this, I guess. Um, the last one was a bit... I probably had too much to drink, to be honest with you. I was a little... Uh, well, you know, alcohol is a downer, so I was a little... I was a little muffled, I'd say. But, um, yeah, for this episode, I do have somebody joining me later on. Um, so that'll be a bit different, a bit of a change than just listening to me drone on and on about bullshit that, you know, you probably don't really give a fuck about or don't want to hear from me either way, whatever we're fucking here doing it anyways, man. I'm going to actually, like I said in the last one, going to, you know, continue on with this man and see where it goes and hopefully just get better with each one. Um, so Yeah. I had some good feedback from from some people that I trust off the other one. Um, it got like 50 plays or something, and that's across like all platforms. So whatever, man. I mean, I threw that out on a Saturday morning. Um, I'm not too fussed about the listenership or making sure that I got hundreds of plays or whatever. You know, it's not really about that. I'm just trying to offer something a little different to what is the norm. Um, and like I said, have some guests, talk some shit, and, and that's that's what we're going to do here, man. So as I'm in my basement recording episode two, I'm reminded of um, Chris Cuomo, this Chris Cuomo shit. I don't know if anybody's seen this, excuse me, about um, this guy being sick in his basement and just pouring it on with the shit, just like, well, the beast comes out at night. I'm just, I'm just, uh, you know. Oh no, I got the got a little bit of sweat, you know, but uh, I just finished working out and it happens. Like saying shit like this, like I'm I'm watching this fucking clown. I'm like, what <laughs> you're a news anchor, dude. Why are you not just worrying about the news? Why are we knowing all this fucking information about you? Um Yeah, it's wild, man. Unbelievable. Then he does like this whole uh like resurrection from his basement on his reintegration with his family and his family honestly like they didn't even look like they gave a fuck <laughs> excuse me again sorry about that i don't have the corona i promise excuse me um yeah it's just a bit weird weather out there man so um yeah moving on man a bit of sad news this week um excuse me, Metropolis of Foreign Beggars sadly, shockingly passed away. Um, So, I mean, what do you say, really? Send all the love and the uh, respect to his family. He was a sick artist, man. Uh, I didn't know him personally, but I know Pav a little bit, um, the other guy from Foreign Beggars. So, sending love to him as well man i know that was his his brother for sure so yeah man shitty shitty things shitty things that 2020 is bringing man for real um i still haven't got my trump check don't know where the fuck that's at i'm trying to redo my fucking lawn i need my trump check i need sod I'm looking like the only jerk off on the block this that doesn't care about his uh, his grass. Everyone has nice ass grass, and then like I ripped all the shit out from last year, all the crab grass, all the bullshit. I ripped it all out, so now I just have a fucking uh, sandlot, basically like patchy grass, mud, dust, and I look like a fucking shitbag. So. I need my Trump money so I can fix that shit, man. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of people got it, and then all of a sudden it feels like nobody. Then there's like a pause, but it doesn't really make sense. Like if people need the money to pay bills and 
how much fucking longer can you wait with the shit? Um, yeah, man. I don't know. So I got one of my homies on for this episode. Just going to talk some shit. You know, I don't really, like I said in the last one, I don't really have a structure. Um, I just kind of get on here and talk shit, man. I don't, I'm not really planning these out as, as of yet. I mean, this one I maybe did a little bit more, um, planning on, but the last one was just really just completely off the top, man. Just no, no thought to it whatsoever. So it came out a bit dead, I felt like, but I listened to it too many fucking times too. So anyways, man. How is everyone, is everyone feeling the new normal? Are you all living your new normal? That's going to be the new hashtag. Hashtag living my new normal instead of living my best life. 2020 hashtag. This is the new normal. Living my new normal. I saw something actually that, something with the influencers or or something that they're like trends are down or some some shit I don't know what I'm talking about but I saw it somewhere something about their trending is not like what it was previously I guess because the products or whatever I don't know nobody's buying the products I have no fucking clue um, but yeah that new normal shit man it's really driving me nuts especially the commercials all the commercials, new normal. All the commercials, unprecedented times. All the commercials, you're staying home more. It's like either the start of all, every, every, every fucking commercial is like that. In these unprecedented times, we know that you're staying home more and we're here to help. Like It's like if you separate that voice from the commercial, that's like typical brainwashing voice, man. I'm not going to go on a conspiracy theory or anything, but like the trying to, uh, like, in, I don't know, I guess indoctrinate it into your mind or your subconscious, like that this is all good. I, I don't know, man. It's really fucking freaky, man. Um, where I'm at, they extended the, uh, the lockdown shit to May 8th. My birthday's on May 9th, so what's up? I'm going to have 50,000 people over my house on May 9th. Just kidding. That's the thing. Nobody's going to go back to doing anything. Even if they lift all this bullshit, nobody's going to go back into normal life. How are you going to get a fucking haircut? That's what I really want to know. Because if you have the mask on, you have it behind your ears. You're going to have to take it off for the barber to do around your ears. So what do they wear? I guess they're going to have to wear rubber gloves, obviously. They wear a mask. Maybe you don't wear a mask. I don't know. Watch all the barber chairs. Chairs are going to have plastic all over them. It's going to be like going to the doctor. They're going to take the sheet, the plastic paper shit, and put it on every, every barber chair. There's going to be no waiting, no waiting, no more waiting room in the bar, in the barbershop. It's appointment only, no waiting room at all. You can only show up 15 minutes prior to your fucking appointment. All these kinds of wild rules are going to be in place for normal shit, man. It's going to be fucking annoying. It's gonna, it'll probably be almost more annoying than this. I don't know. I don't know what's more annoying for me personally. I, I can't really decipher. I'm annoyed either way, so it doesn't really fucking make a difference. But I think I'd be—I'll be more annoyed with all the little rules out in public. Honestly, it already annoys me. Even uh, the pumping gas thing—I was in Jersey the other day, and I was like, "Well, this guy's touching the bank card. He's touching the money. He's touching everybody's shit." I'm like, "Let me just pump my own gas." I start pumping my own gas. Guy comes flying over, and he's like. He's like, you can't do that, sir. This is New Jersey. I'm like, yeah, I get it, bro. I was like, I'm from New Jersey. I know the quote unquote law that I'm not allowed to pump my own fucking gas, but you've been touching everything all day. I haven't. Let me just handle my money and handle my gas myself today. We're in a pandemic. The guy did not want to hear that shit. 
he fucking tells me, he's like, I'm going to shut off your pump, this, that, and the other. He does shut off the pump. Then I'm going ballistic. I'm like, get your fucking boss out here, dude. Like, this is annoying. <laughs> so the boss comes out and turns the pump back on. And I'm just like, man, it doesn't make sense. Social distancing, but you can come up to my window. Some of them didn't have a mask on. Some of them did come up to my window, ask me what I would need, you know, for my gas. It's just like New Jersey's trying to be so hardcore with it, but you're, then you're allowing shit like that. I don't know. It doesn't make sense, man. This is a really bad idea. I haven't coffee this late as well. I'll tell you that. Not a good look. I'm going to be shot out in the morning. What else, man? Yeah, yeah, the the venues too, man. I was thinking really hard about that, man. I'm starting to see, starting to see some prominent venues going down, man, or at least putting it out in the atmosphere that they're gonna have to do some shit. Um, I don't know. That's not good, man. Very concerned for that industry and what's gonna happen with uh, live music comedy all that shit i'm very intrigued and really watching that closely man how that's all gonna pan out because so yeah what it was it i saw an article about u street music hall in dc great venue love that fucking venue um yeah i don't know you don't want to see a place like that closed man that's such a hub of good music in dc um Especially with all the drum and bass that goes on there, you know, tons of drum and bass events go down there. I think I played there twice in the last year, as just this past year. Um, so yeah, one with once with Swift and once for World of Drum and Bass tour. So, jeez, I don't know, man. You don't want to see that. Definitely don't want to see that. What else I saw? Josiah Scribes. Uh, mentioned something about Middle East and Boston as well. Um, his caption was vague, but I did ask him if it was closing, but I didn't, he didn't get back to me yet. But yeah, that's what it seemed like anyway. So if that's the case, I mean, that's another one. That's another pretty prominent venue in Boston that you'd be losing. And then New York is next, obviously. Who would? Shit, man, we're going to lose a lot of venues. Hopefully not. Hopefully it can be worked out some way or, you know, some some kind of resolution to that. I don't know, but yeah, it's looking bleak right now for live drum and bass and live music and shit. I'm going to get into that with uh, my guest later. My guest is actually going to be the one that only Josiah scribes. Um, just going to give him a shout over the phone in a bit. See what he's up to, see what he thinks about all this, uh, see what he thinks about getting back into drum and bass events and how that's even going to work and, and all that kind of shit we're going to run through. Um, one thing I did mention on Facebook the other day was, for New York anyways, I think if, if New York is to come back in the live, I mean, of course, New York will come back in, in live music um, realm or whatever of course that will that will happen again we just don't know when but um as far as drum and bass events go i, I said something on facebook about um doing just an event with all the promoters all the crews in new york no headliners just all new york the whole new york scene really and just do some we need some some kind of different way to move forward with this shit i think um after something like this i feel like the last thing you're going to even probably be able to do is is huddle up in your own corners because the venues are going to be hard to come by. Number one. Um, you know, I don't know. People don't people won't have money typically coming out because they lost their jobs. I, I don't know. It's real fucked up, man. It's real. Um, there's a lot of ways to look at it, a lot of angles to take on that. I think we all kind of thought this would be, oh, excuse me, a lot quicker than it was. Um, 
I certainly did. I, I was like, all right, we're going to shut down for three weeks, maybe four at the most. We'll be all right. But yeah, this is just turning out to be an absolute nightmare. Even even at the time saying three, three four weeks, I mean, that's it's a long time to just pull the, pull the plug. Well, what can you do? Um, but yeah, I had a couple people um, that were super into that idea, actually, you know, which I just personally just think New York needs to take a different direction after something like this. It's got to be more unified out there, man. Not going to have time, not going to be able to be picky like like we like we have been for the past. I don't know, a long time. But, you know, that, that would be a way to force a more united front, I think. So who knows? In the end, it could be a good thing. We'll, we'll see, you know. Um, and I guess you could say the same for most scenes. The bigger the bigger markets, at least. DC, I know they got a couple promotion crews. LA definitely does. Um, you know, wherever there's multiple crews doing top level events you know those are the kind of cities where it's going to be like it's going to have to be just one conglomerate or some shit soon i don't know i don't know i don't really know going off on a fucking rant on that one but um yeah so i might be doing a live stream actually coming up soon i've been i've been taking i've been making fun of people with all the live streams and shit but i might be doing one uh nothing's solid yet but it's um it's uh it's a good proper setup and shit it should be good um it's not too far from me either so if that happens obviously i'll i'll mention it um i saw some people getting kicked off of live streams because they're doing too many or something i don't know if that's a real thing or not but i swear i saw that um what else we got man I did make some bullet points for this one just because don't want to just be rambling nonsense off my fucking especially with no kind of no direction whatsoever that's dangerous oh yeah did all the 420 all the 420 crew get get down on their 420 420 man smoking weed all day man So funny, man. But it's this, those people that say that already smoke weed all day, every day anyway. <laughs> so it's just like, it's like, uh, it's like what it's like to go to New Year's Eve parties at 36 years old. It's not exciting. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not about the culture when it comes to smoking smoking weed like that but yeah i love every year it's the same shit man and i say the same thing every year and every like i always get like some people that think it's funny and then i get some people that are like smoking me if you got him bro i'm still doing me over here man hits the blunt quote unquote hits the blunt that's cool man <laughs> it was just a joke dude just a joke man um yeah, what else? What else is going on around these parts? Let me take a look. It's always good to just scroll through Facebook because it'll it'll spark your mind with something that maybe you didn't remember. Oh yeah, I keep seeing this. What is this new story about Trump suggesting that he's injecting disinfectant to beat what? Trump suggests injection of disinfectant to beat coronavirus and clean the lungs. This is NBCNews.com. These are the kind of fucking headlines that are out there in the world right now. I'm going to read a little bit of this and see what the fuck this is because this is insane. Just the title of that. President Donald Trump suggested the possibility of an injection of disinfectant into a person infected with the coronavirus as a deterrent to the virus during his daily briefing on Thursday. Trump made the remark after Bill Bryan, who leads the Department of Homeland Security Science and Technology Division, gave a presentation on research his team has conducted that shows that the virus doesn't live as long in warmer and more humid temperatures. 
Brian said. The virus dies quickly in sunlight, leaving Trump to wonder whether you could bring the light inside the body. <laughs> what the fuck? Holy shit, man. So, all right. So here's the actual quote that I'm looking for. So supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, whether it's ultraviolet or just a very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked because of the testing. That's Trump's response to that. So basically they want to put you in a microwave, toast you, toast the coronavirus out of you and have you be on your way. We already do that at the airport. We're already toasting our fucking nuts every time we go through that fucking scanner. And I'm such an asshole, dude. When I was at the airport a couple months ago, man, they had that clear thing. It's like clear, whatever. You put your fingerprint on the thing and, and you can get through. So I'm there. I'm like hungover. I don't feel like waiting in line. I don't feel like dealing with security. I don't feel like doing anything. So this woman comes up to me and completely sells me on this shit. Something I would never, ever do. Actually, Swift was there for this and he was laughing at me the whole time. And uh, so they take my finger. Like I'm offering this these people my fingerprint, which is something I never, I don't do that shit. But I was just like, I didn't want to deal. So they got me, man. And she was a good saleswoman. She just roped me in. But I was shook the whole time. I was like, oh, now you got all my information. Oh, and she's just like, it's all good, honey. Like, she didn't give a fuck. <laughs> this sweet old black lady, man. She sold me hard. Oh, baby, I wouldn't do that to you. She was saying shit like that, you know? And then I believed her immediately. I was like, you wouldn't. I know. What was her name? I don't know. Her, say her name was Gail. I know you wouldn't do that, Gail. That's like a old black lady's name, I feel like. Kind of. Um, yeah. Was that racist? <laughs> or is that just true? Um, I don't think that's racist at all. That's like saying you definitely met an old white dude named Joe. For sure. Some shit is just facts, man. Okay? That's it. Deal with it. What else do I have here? Let me get back on Facebook real quick, and I'll, I'll do a little run-through of what's, what's there. Oh, actually, following up on the um, American Jungle documentary, they actually released the second part. I mentioned that in my first uh, episode, but it's out now on YouTube if you want to check that out. Um I don't know where it is. Just go to theamericanjungle.com. Or not americanjungle.com. Amer the American Jungle on YouTube. It's there. I don't have the links in front of my face. So, All right. That was the first fucking story that popped up was the Trump basically wanting to just pour bleach into your veins. I'm aware that, you know, this is oh, shit. Excuse me. Sorry about that. I hate how Facebook does that. It just plays the video automatically. It's so fucking rude, man. I'll be out like at my son's basketball game or something. And there's other parents around and it just starts playing like somebody's fucking shitty techno live stream or some shit. <laughs> nothing new really, man, on here. Actually, nothing new, nothing interesting, nothing going on. Um, lots of memes. Um, I don't know, man. Not a whole lot going on. Not a whole lot of Facebook drama. I don't see any anyway. I'm sure there's plenty. Nothing really drum and bass wise either, man. Nothing, nothing really. It's really annoying. I was actually thinking about, I was looking at my Instagram the other day. And I was like, damn, I have all these fucking memes on here now. You Normally it would be all like event flyers and posting shit coming up, looking forward to shit. Now it's just all fucking memes. Um, so that's cool. But yeah, I think that's a good amount of time. And we're going to end it there. I'm going to switch over and get ready to do the segment with my guests. Uh, so I'm just going to take a short break and then uh, I'll be back with... Um, my first guest for my second episode. Second episode, first guest. Um, yeah. See you on the next uh, the next seg segment.
Back again, part two, man. We just landed um, doing this one in two parts this time around. Uh, we just ended the first segment. So now we're going to get into the interview. Um, going to get my boy Josiah Scribes on the phone. Have a chat with him, see what he's up to, uh, discuss some things, and, uh, you know, just have a, a normal conversation. So we're going to try and get him on the phone right now. Um, Josiah Scribes, drum and bass MC. Uh, stateside guy, good friend of mine. Um, so we're just going to talk some shit. He's represented for uh, Seminal Sounds and BP2 now. Just get him on the phone right now, see what he's saying. All right, so if I if my um, if my phone is correct, then I think I got him on the phone now. Fox News contributor Josiah Scribes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're such a prick. <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, I just uh, stepped outside for a minute. I just left Spliff. Uh, uh, things are good, man. I'm glad it's Friday. And, uh, you know, all that good stuff. How are you? How are you feeling? How are I'm, you living? I'm good, man. I'm chilling. I'm trying not to smoke cigarettes, though, so, you know. How many, how long has it been? Five days, and I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so funny that you bring that up because we talked about it either earlier today or the other day. Yeah. Is, um, it's three weeks tomorrow, I think I got. Three weeks today, I don't remember. Damn, you're killing the it. The last time I quit was 90 days, and then I stepped off for the first time ever in tobacco country in Virginia. Right. And I told you the second I met up with you, like, yo, I'm smoking a cigarette today. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, in Virginia Beach. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> and you know what? I gotta be honest. Even though I don't want to smoke, I still don't fucking regret it because that cigarette—that cigarette tasted fucking awesome. Yeah, that was a good one. Sometimes you can come off of a quit, and that that one is so good. <laughs> or sometimes yeah, it reminds I, you how shitty it is. Absolutely. No, yeah. in all seriousness, though, no, like keep going, man. Yeah. You, you already know that. I'm not gonna give you. A, I know. I'm only. I'm. A, I've only tried seven thousand times. It's all good. I hear you. Yeah. Uh. I think uh, I think anyone, anything worth doing, you gotta you gotta keep on picking yourself up. Yeah, you gotta have ten thousand hours to master it. So I definitely haven't tried to quit for ten thousand hours. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I still got some in the tank. Well, you know, it's gonna be what it is at the end of, end of the day. Yeah. <clears throat> um, one thing, and I've talked to you about this before, is the the biggest thing for me that. <laughs> keeps me going away from cigarettes is the fact that I'm cheap prick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just, you know, and, and it's not like I'm going to save that money. I'm not going to like invest that money in like a, a fucking IRA Roth fund or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be donating it to fucking underprivileged, whatever the fuck somewhere. It, it's going to be spent on stupid shit like Boston sports memorabilia from the seventies. Definitely. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to be eating extra slices. Some classic polo shit. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be. I'm gonna do something douchey with it. You know, that's that's a fucking that's big facts right there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it's but it feels less when it's in your account. You know what I mean? It feels like less money's coming out of your account on a daily. Well, I mean, I'd rather have uh, an extra pair of shoes a month. You know, something like that. Yeah. Than just yeah. be paying uh, a corporate conglomerate to fucking kill me in the same way they killed my grandfather. You yeah. Know, not, to, not to be... When you put it that, when you like, put it like that, know, then yeah. <laughs> you know, like, for real, like, I mean, it's suicide in the installment program. Man. Yeah, you it's know? real fucked up, yeah. It was what it was. Yeah. Uh, hey, I meant to, I, I meant to tell you this earlier today, but I forgot, so I'll just do it right now while we're recording. Word up. Uh, you asked me a question about the Middle East closing. Yeah, yeah, what's up with that? I respond publicly. Because, and I guess, you know, obviously this is public, but right. I just didn't want a, a whole shitstorm get sorted out on fucking Instagram. Right, yeah. Uh, so the Middle East went up for sale. The Middle East is in, in Cambridge. For anyone that doesn't know, uh, Boston, Cambridge, right next door. Boston geographically is tiny. So if you're in Cambridge, if you're in Medford, if you're in Everett, you know, it's, it's the greater Boston metropolitan area. So for God, the Middle East is a... A uh, staple for independent music in Boston, and it is in Cambridge. It is in Central Square. It is in a very hip neighborhood. It's a, I would say, it's a close cultural equivalent to a North Brooklyn, like a Williamsburg or Greenpoint. Right. Um, and it's very valuable. 
right? And really, it's just a shithole club in a basement. But for thousands of us, uh, that place is uh, like the Boston mecca of live music, especially for independent artists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you and I rocked there before. We rocked together there. Yeah, uh, I've so done, I think I did one out. other. I think I did one other thing there a couple of years prior to that. Maybe with Borgor or some shit. I think. <laughs> Weird, uh, weirdly enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that one. I know. I remember we did the the next guy show, and your brother had a had his quite. He had quite the night. He, he sure did. Yeah. Show, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't have to air him out right here though. Nah, that's all um, good. Yeah. But anyways, uh, my whole point being, uh, it is up for sale again. It got sold a couple years ago. Uh, I forget who bought it, but they did the right thing with it. Um, and it is up for sale again. It is up for sale for so like. An astronomically larger number than it got sold for, however many years ago. Right. Um, so, what do you think? It's not going to be. You mean it's, it's going to be bought? Not coming. That, that shit could be condos. Fucking. I don't know whether it's coming back from this current shutdown that we're in. Right. Know, like, I'm mean, worried. That's actually one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, man. The, a lot of these venues. I actually talk about that in the first part of this. Um, you, you saw you all, right? Yeah, that's the one I was. That's the one I mentioned. Yeah. So. I mean, that's the same. It's almost the kind of like the Middle East equivalent down there. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe not as legendary. I don't know. I don't know DC politics like that, but you know, whatever. It seems like it, you know, you and I are both. We study you know music markets around North America. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like to know what's going on in other cities because yeah. you and I are both really about drum and bass culture in North America. What there is of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, they've been around for a solid. In whatever 10 years or some shit i don't know i think they just did their first uh, 10 year anniversary i don't know whatever the case they, may be they, i mean they i feel like 10 years sounds about right um, yeah i thought they just were doing a 10 year anniversary thing or isn't something it, isn't it Pitsworth that owns that, that yeah i think is? he has some he has some hand in that i don't know what we, we have a we have a ton of mutual friends i know one of my mans told me something along the lines but regardless it seems like everything i've seen for the types of shows they do the type of vibe you get from pictures that you've seen. I, I've never stepped foot in there. Yeah, but yeah. It seems like that is the perfect analogy for it's it. A great, it's, it's like a great, it's a great venue. It's a great venue. But yeah. And these venues not coming back. You and I both know space uh, tours to book in North America. Yeah. Are, you're hoping to break even. You know, if you're breaking even, you feel real good about that. Yeah, you know? think about that. Think about those kind of venues closing down, though. Those are the venues that we go Those are the only venues that remain that we go to. You know what I mean? Exactly. Those types of venues. Because if you look at a lot of these venues that we used to have, you know, I look at a lot of places in Boston, a couple places in New York that, you know, I, I might have been doing shows at 10 years ago, 15 years ago. They are now not independently owned. They are a part of a larger corporate conglomerate that books an entire tour. They have a 360 deal with the merch, uh, recording artists, et cetera, et cetera. It's just like phone companies. It's just like any other big business. Uh, it just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, and the problem yeah. with that is there's no artistic nuances to keep what we love there. No, uh, I mean, like, even like a venue, I remember like a public assembly in Brooklyn, dude. Like, yeah. that venue was so dope. And it was like... Top 10 I've ever seen a show in. What's that? Top 10 venue I've ever attended to watch live music. Yeah, in. public assembly uh, was a great little venue, but it was like... You know, all those little venues that we had back in the day, man, those are, I mean, those slowly faded away anyways, but now you look at the venues that we do have available to us now, they're great venues like the Middle East, like U-Haul, like, uh, I don't know, what's a good venue equivalent in New York? LPR, I guess, is a, is one just because it's in my recent, yeah. you know, thought, thought bank or whatever, but fucking, so what happens when those venues are gone? You know what I mean? So th that that then affects the scene as well because now venues are hard as shit to come by. So now all these like clicks and all this like separation that's gone on, even in different scenes throughout the country, just for the the scene politics or whatever. Now everyone kind of has to come back together. You know what I mean? Hundred um, percent. And this is and this is even to to further build on that. Uh, the mid nineties, late nineties, when I started getting into jungle music, it's very DIY, you know, like it was, you know, I'm going to warehouses, I'm going to all types of illegal venues, you know, or less than legal, you know, right. I'm going to outlaws in the middle of the woods. I'm going yeah. to outlaws, uh, in, uh, quarries, et cetera, et cetera. That DIY attitude, as far as electronic music is concerned, does not exist in the same form. 
if it exists at all. Yeah. So it, it, that just further compounds the fact that if you lose these smaller independent venues that are willing to take a chance uh, and not jack up their bar guarantee to something that's absolutely astronomical and not able to be reached, right? you know, like there, there's not going to be those kids that were wild in the mid to late 90s, early 2000s. And so like, yo, fuck it. Like, uh, I know about this warehouse down, you know. Oh, hell no, 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 no. And no. the other thing is, those <laughs> no. areas don't exist in urban places anymore. That's they, true, they, yeah. They're gentrified, yeah. and now fucking douchebags that call the cops if they hear five decibels above what the limit's supposed to be after 6 p.m. on a fucking Friday. I know. That's you know the worst mean? part about it, man. That's the worst part about those gentrification motherfuckers that they, they come in. I'm talking about, like, the people that move into those apartments and those condos. Like Like they move into a place above above a venue, bro, and then you know two weeks into into them living there, they're crying about the music, and it's like, bro, go back to Iowa then. Yep, you know what I mean. Words right out of my mouth. The fuck are you doing here then? Yeah, you knew what was like. What What did you come here for then? What the fuck was the point? You know. (laughs) Yeah, it's the same cats that they want everything to be like home. But once everything becomes like home, once everything gets homogenized, once everything, all these little ticky-tack houses, and the, it, you know, they, they get rid of the, the, the blemished parts of urban life in their yeah, eyes. Yeah. It's just like every other douchebag place that they moved away from to begin with. So what the fuck's the point? Now it's just, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, don't, regardless of the, the further cultural aspects and shit like that. The gentrification of independent live music in urban areas was under attack to begin with. Yeah, you know, it was. Obviously, yeah. the yeah. biggest financial crisis that we hope, hopefully we ever see in our lifetime. That's just I'm real worried about that. I'm real worried about it. I'm also worried, you know. The, so then you have that aspect of it that, like, all right, so now venues are going to be really hard to come by. I mean, we don't even know. I mean, nobody's even talking about entertainment as even a thing to even. Nobody has any idea when that's coming back. You know, whether no, it's. I mean, you heard. California, the governor of California saying, we're not doing a live concert until we get a vaccine. Vaccines to my, I'm not, unlike all my friends on Facebook, I'm not a, a, an expert in infectious diseases. I'm right, yeah. I'm just getting my life studying it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But from what I understand, it's roughly three to five years for a vaccine. That's an average thing. I, I could be wrong. I heard you know? that same as well. Fucking, yeah, fucking Google it if you're listening. I don't, I don't fucking yeah. know what do you want from me. But regardless, it's going to be a substantial amount of time. Yeah. You're telling me that there's no live shows of over X amount of people, 100 people, 150 people. I heard something about then keeping venues to only 500. Yeah, that's, I don't know, man. I mean, probably, you know, things like movie theaters are going to be done. Uh, Stand up comedy, I guess, is something that you could do fairly easily because you can keep the tables separated and shit. Well, that's fair. Yeah, but, but, you know, it, but like it, music it, and like not, clubs and like oh it's Friday we're going to the club like I don't know when the fuck that's coming back <laughs> you know what I'm saying yo, and I'm not saying don't get me wrong I'm not saying it shouldn't be like that I, I don't know I don't know either you know I'm not saying it I'm not saying it should or shouldn't one way or the other all I'm saying is just for the club no, night club life people like us you know always looking to go to a drum and bass event every couple weekends every other weekend yep. you know whatever it is like. Yeah. The ability to do that again is like, is we're in uncharted waters with that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know what to even, I don't even know what kind of time frame to stamp on it. I don't know what kind of, how to even look at it. How is this going to work? I mean, what the fuck? You know, it's fucked. <laughs> When's the next time I'm going to give a friend a hug? Yeah, that too. I mean, just, it's you crazy. Know, like, man. When I see you, when we see each other, we hug each other. Because it's yeah. usually, we see each other at drama based shit or a very special occasion. Yeah, uh, and we haven't seen each other in a minute. For you know, like no, uh, I haven't seen anybody. I, I hug all my friends. Don't get me wrong, but especially when I don't live in the same regional area as them, and I only see them X amount. Of, you know, like yo, let's go. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, and while you were saying all that, though, I got to be honest. I'm grateful to be old. I'm grateful to have a shitload of memories now. You know, like. Imagine if you're fucking 19. Imagine if this was your 21st birthday. You've been looking <laughs> oh, forward to it for yeah. years. You had the broad from down the block. That was oh, shit, years. man. You had a date all planned and shit. You were going to go out for drinks with this bitch. Yeah. Oh, that sucks so bad. You were you're definitely going to fuck. Yeah. Oh. That's terrible. And also kids that are like graduating and shit. It's pretty fucked up. Kids that were about to go to college. You know. <laughs> Hundred percent. Kids that were really I looking mean, forward to going to college and shit. Like, I don't. 
promote college, but you know, whatever, if that's what you want to do, cool. But like, imagine just being so stoked for that. And then all this shit happens. It's crazy, man. Well, if you, if you want to be a marine biologist, let's just say, for example, that's like, yeah, I'll never, you know, like, oh, you're going for something specific that the world fucking needs. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. Great kid. Yeah. Driven. Fuck yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a proper $80,000 to spend. For right? sure, yeah. going for philosophy with the minor and fucking uh, nature of some abstract fucking culture. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> you're, not, you're not majoring in Sumerian studies. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Mesopotamia. Which I'm interested by, but you, can't, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's all I know about that shit. I just said Mesopotamia. I just throw that out there. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I know yeah, shit. I, mean, I know that's, shit. That's pretty much, yeah. Mesopotamia. Uh, the same vibe. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yo, but like, for kids like that, that like knew they were going to school to be a pilot, if they knew they were going to, you know, I'm going to be a dentist. Like, yeah. You know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm into it, blah, 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 you know. But those, I, I feel like kids with that type of drive, they're going to be that much, they're, they're going to be that much more driven when they finally get the opportunity to go. You know, like, well, how crazy. I mean, they'll be like, they'll be learning how to do all that shit online. It'll be wild. You know, that's what I was thinking, actually. I was mentioning in the first part of this, um, saying how even with, like, barbershops and shit, there's going to be no more barbershop waiting rooms. It's going to be, you just show up right before your appointment, 10 minutes before your appointment, you show up. They're going to have fucking plastic over the barber chair. You know what I mean? No, it's wild, man. Like, I, I, both of us remember a time before cell phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're like that rare generation that has both, you know? Yo, we're just we're just kind of slipping through time, you know. Like yeah. I was, you know, graduating high school class two thousand, and I remember like being told when I was like eight years old that that was going to be a big deal. And it's just it's weird where we're just kind of sliding through these eras, and we have references to both sides. You yeah, know what I'm saying like yeah. it's just it, what a time to be alive. Not to sound corny, but no, it's true, true, man. Especially because we our age range is like comes from a a time actually when parents just just open their fucking door. And you'd be like, all right, I'll see you when it's dark. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yo, I mean, no I cell phone, no fucking pager, nothing. Just out the door, gone all day. My mother used to tell me, and I, I couldn't tell you how old I was. Like, eight years old at the oldest. But, like, you know, like, my neighborhood was chill. There's a lot of fistfights and shit like that. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't wild or anything. Right. And my mother would be like, yo, I'm going to yell at some point. If you don't hear me the first, like, two or three times, you're going to be in trouble when you get home. So exactly. So if father away, then I can fuck. Yeah, my mother would come out, you know, like, it's time, let's go, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and if I didn't hear it, you know, if I, if I was fucking around, by the time I got home, like, where were you? All right, word, like, that's not happening for the rest of the week. Yeah, you know, you're fucked, yeah. Learned, yeah. You know, like, that shit don't happen anymore. I haven't seen anyone in, in my home neighborhood yelling for their kids. No, I mean, I, I have to say, in my neighborhood, there's actually kids that ride their bikes around sometimes every once in a while, so that's kind of refreshing, but... Yeah, I mean, it's not often that you really see it. When's the last, you know, I want to see some kids out whipping snowballs at a bus. Yeah, know, like, dude. I'm not saying, like, terrible shit. I'm just saying, like, that, that's, you know, I, I don't see shit like that anymore. No. It's just, you know, I see kids, look, and, and I know I sound like an old prick, and I'm fucking hated, <laughs> but it's true. Like, you, you fucking age, you see some shit, you experience some shit, you get fucking, you're, you're a little over it after a while. And, yeah, yeah. You know, like, kids just immerse. In screen time, whether it's their tablet, their phone. Trust you know, me, man. It's hard to deal with, honestly. I mean, I have a seven-year-old and shit, so it's like. How do you, here's a question, and I ask all my friends this seriously. How? What? What's the balance that you find is best with deal with your son in screen time? It's so hard, man. It's honestly so hard because I'm so addicted to my own shit too. So like. Oh yeah, they say. You know, so like I try not yeah. to be on it in front of him and shit that much, but it's like it's, it's like that old drug commercial. I learned it from watching you. <laughs> yeah, it's just impossible. So like in the morning, especially now when like these kids literally they can't see anybody, they can't see their friends, they can't see their cousins and all this shit. They well, can't I think do now. It's they can't get the screen time right now is like me and not eating sweets after like eight. Yeah, they can't like, do anything, bro. Them. They're just going. They're going nuts. Especially you know he yeah. doesn't have any siblings here. You know, we got the new baby, but the baby's too little. Like, so, yeah, of course. you know, yeah. like no, he's just going nuts. So I'm just like, bro, all right, you can get an hour on the, on your Chromebook in the morning or whatever. And then, yeah. and then I'll make him stay off it for the rest of the day. But in between that, during the day, he's watching TV, <laughs> you know, like, but it's, yeah, it's just really difficult, man. Uh, I can't, I'm not jealous. Um, I have one of my best friends, uh, just had, uh, twins. And they already had two kids. Damn. You know, just out of it. It is 
I was over there the other day, That's and I got wild. anxiety just walking up the driveway. Like, holy shit, you know? Like, and I just look at it like my boy Patrick has always been a bad motherfucker, but like now I see him as like he's like the Superman in my fucking group of friends because it's just like, yo, this is some wild shit, man. Right. Like, you're trying to, you're still financially providing. You're, you're raising your kids in the most fucked up era that's ever happened in my life. <laughs> yeah, for real. You know, like, and yeah. you're still, you know, you're all right about screen time. I had the same conversation with him about screen time a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I've been letting, letting a lot of shit fly, but, you know, we at least have a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours in the afternoon where it's like, yo, this, just because we're inside doesn't mean everything's changed. You know, this is what we're doing. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll be like, you need to go, like, build some shit with your Legos and use your brain, dude. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. We're going to use some critical thinking here. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I'll make a, um, then I'll make him watch. The other day I made him watch a bunch of stupid ass, uh, like, history YouTube videos and shit. Good. Yeah. It. And then I was like, and I'm, then I made him write some sentences, like, fucking, like, a dick, you know? If my dad made me do that when I was a kid, I would have been so fucking pissed. Oh. My father would go uh, on a regular basis. If I ever got caught as a kid being like, "Yo, I don't have any homework for the weekend," if I was like bragging about it, he would come up and he'd be like, "Yo, you need to read this out of whatever thesaurus, whatever dictionary, whatever uh, encyclopedia." Yeah. You know, before we had phones, you know, an entire, you know, physical fucking series of books. Yeah, yeah. Then. You have to read about that, you know. It took uh, up so much fucking space, too. And I want a three-paragraph synopsis of it. Yo, like, people were so fucking proud of their encyclopedia collections back in the day. Oh, 100%. They were like no. fucking, they were displayed in your home, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you would just have a big yeah, fucking yeah. bookshelf I mean, of all these fucking books with all the knowledge in the universe, and you try to, like, act like it's a trophy case and shit. I mean, I think for for my dad, it would be like, this is how much, you know, Joe's actually into this. This is how much I love my kid and I want him to learn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and spend $15 a month in 1988 money uh, in installments to get this encyclopedia. Check it the fuck out. You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. But he would, you know, he would he would hit me with that shit. Like, my father used to, uh, uh, if I didn't know the definition of a word, Right. Uh, he would wait till I wasn't looking, you know, because usually I'd hear it like watching TV with him or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, oh, what is uh, synopsis? Mean? And he'd wait till I wasn't looking. He would literally throw a dictionary at me. <laughs> I mean, like a couple times, like he got me pretty good with it, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, he wasn't. So, yo. Really with it, but, you know, he'd be like, look it up. And I'm so grateful he made me do that shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it, you know, I learned not to brag about not having homework, you know? Like, yeah, for sure. I learned to. Like, all right, fuck it. I'm just looking this up. You know, yeah. like, I'm tired so, of this guy throwing dictionaries at me. So, what do you got uh, cracking off right now? What do you got? Are you working on anything uh, music shit wise? And, or what What do you got going on? Uh, so, I know you told me you're working on some shit with Todd. Yep. It's pretty much, I have a, a hip hop venture with Elijah Divine, and I have a drum and bass venture with Todd. Nice. Uh, Todd Buckler. Um, yeah, yeah. Shout out, Todd. Uh, shout out, Todd Buckler. Um, shout out BP squared. BP squared. Shout out all my drum and bass people. All my, like that old dirty bastard quote, like that. All my people inside America, and all my people outside of America. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, it's pretty much just that. And and you know uh, from us being friends that uh, I love emceeing. I've done it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I wanted something more. I started fucking around with production maybe five, six years ago. And in the last couple of years, That's right. yeah, I started yeah. taking it yeah. way more seriously. And, uh, and you I'm had your first you had your first release recently, right? When was that? I had my first release on Seminal Sounds. Shout out Tony, Paul yeah. and the crew. Uh, they're based out of uh, Minnesota. They're uh, about to, we're about to celebrate five years. Buck um, uh, has got a mix in the works for that. So that's nice. Um, nice. They put out, you know, uh, they, they put out quality drum and bass and they do it in a, in a way that's, uh, I think artistically progressive and I love their aesthetics. So that's I was what's very, up. uh, happy to get in with that. But, you know, I basically two teamed up with, you know, two of my friends that make records and, uh, I put a lot of legwork in, but I, you know, I'm still not at a place where I can produce front to back, no samples, mix everything down myself and send it off to get mastered. Right, right. And I feel like drum and bass is, drum and bass is different than other music. You know, I make hip-hop too. I don't mind someone else mixing down my hip-hop beats. That, that doesn't, I, you know, that's, that's Sean, that's F-Dot all day. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he's the dude who taught me 
the, the everything I know for the most part, you know. Um, so I would ask you. Bass, I would ask you. Drum and bass, you got to get it in yourself. Drum and bass, you got to be, you know. There's no, uh, there's no faking the funk with it. Yeah. Sound corny, yeah. But you know, like, and I love. Oh, there's plenty of faking the funk with it. It's just you got to find out who's actually faking the funk and who's not. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's how I see it. If other cats do it a different way, yeah, you know, yeah. probably five years ago I would have been like, "Yo, this fucking wax." Son. Now I'm like, "Yo, I get it. Whatever." Yeah, yeah, of course. Me, yeah, personally, yeah. Um, until I can mix down my own tracks 100, percent I'm not talking master. I'm not a master engineer. Right. Uh, I'm much more into the creative space of writing tunes themselves and uh you know i love processing the sounds and i love the arrangement aspect you know but once it starts getting down to the finer engineering skills i don't have the ears yeah you know, yeah like, for sure we're drumming we're drumming bass rappers man like yeah. I, I you know i've never been good about ear production yeah you know, me like, either i i really don't know the first thing about even getting into it i'm not i'm not i don't want to try and uh, cut you off or anything but we're running up no, on no, it's good. We're running up on 26 minutes, so I'm trying to keep it kind of tight. Obviously, you know no, what I'm no, saying? No, 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 no. Um, Let's go. You, you know me. I'll start going off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nah. So I would ask you, you know, what gigs you got coming up next, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm, not, uh, I'm not attempting to do any live fucking. I might actually do one live stream for, for somebody, but, uh, yeah, I'm not. It's like so, it's so much of it, man. I think once we get back to a place, if I can go to a studio that's on that, that has a proper video set, sound setup and right. I can be around people, we just can't pack the room. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Yeah, that's but what that. I mean, that's kind of. I think that's kind of what the setup it is. It's like in a warehouse. So yeah, um, yeah I'll, I'll do something like that. I've done yeah. that before. For uh, we did a uh, my girlfriend uh, uh, Miss Lex and I did a, a charity. Uh, marathon for uh, ALS last year in that right. same type of fashion. I'll fucking definitely do that. But for yeah, right yeah. now, the whole, I think we both can agree on what a large amount of these live streams look like. And it's just, yeah, they're interesting. That's for sure. That's a story for another day, dude. But yeah, I'm coming up on 28 minutes, man, because I can only do 30 minutes at a time on this uh, on this thing. Yo. So I don't want to get uh, run over. No, no, it's good. It's good. But um, yo, I appreciate you coming on, man. First first guest, second episode. I appreciate you. Me, man. Thank you very much. Good yeah, man. Out. So we'll have we'll obviously you'll definitely be back on as long as I keep up with the shit. Um, yeah. So yo, Josiah Scribes, man, big up. I'll speak to you soon, and um, yeah, man. Nigga, be safe. Peace to you and your family. Yes, man. You too, bro. I'll speak to you soon. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right, bro. Peace. All right, man. So that was my conversation with Josiah Scribes. Uh, Good talk. We probably could have went for a lot longer, but um, as I said, I want to keep it just kind of uh, keep it tight. We don't want to we don't want to bore anybody. So, yeah, man, that's it. The Vendetta cast. Dig a Brook shot. Shout out my guest, uh, Josiah Scribes. Big homie. And look out for episode number three coming next week. And that's it, man. Be safe. Wash your ass. Do all that shit that you need to do. And hopefully, you know, whatever. I'm not going to say get back to normal anytime soon. But we know you're staying home more in these unprecedented times. All right, man. Anyways, yeah. Check you next time. Dig a Bruckshot signing out, a.k.a. Adam Fisher on Facebook. Peace.